Welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Certified Financial Planner Stephen Strickland from Wise Wealth LLC. In this podcast, we help individuals and couples plan for a peaceful and enjoyable retirement. Join us on this journey where we explore the importance of simplifying the retirement planning process as Stephen, with his years of experience and expertise in retirement income planning, along with guest experts, will help you achieve first wisdom, then wealth. And don't forget to check out the Simplify Your Retirement online course and other great resources at SimplifyYourRetirement.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Simplify Your Retirement with Stephen Strickland from WiseWealth. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. It has been a little while since you and I have spoken. Uh, well, there was a little bit of a break between the seasons. I know that you just wrapped up season one of the podcast, and I know that you want to do a little bit of a, a review on that. Absolutely. Well, uh, we just uh, changed over the calendar to a new year as well. So we're excited about that. We were able to get done with uh, season uh, one of our podcast right before the end of 2020. And now we're excited about launching uh, season two here in uh, January of 21, a new year, which uh, I think everyone's excited about. And we're definitely excited about it here at the uh, Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Yeah, I I think there's a little collective sigh of relief, right? I mean, (laughs) I know it's just a number. But doggone yes. it, that was a tough number to, to trudge through. Right, absolutely. So, welcome 2021. Yes, <laughs> that's right. A year of uh, promise. Before we get into season two, can you give us a recap of what season one was? For those that are just joining us or have just found the podcast, what will they find if they go back to season one? Yeah, I appreciate the question. Yeah, season number one was really laying a foundation for it's a book that I wrote called Simplify Retirement. It's a course that we've written as well. People can take an online course. It's also called Simplify Your Retirement. And really, season one, which is 12 episodes, I encourage everyone, if they're just finding us here at the beginning of January 21, to go back and just listen to those 12 episodes because it will really take you through the foundations of what you really need to understand as far as retirement income planning. Uh, It'll take you into what you need to know, the risks that you need to uh, address in your retirement income plans in order to have a real uh, plan. It also is going to talk about our three-bucket approach to retirement income planning, the liquid income and growth buckets. It's going to talk about, you know, different, you know, ways to uh, address the risk that we talked about, different products that are available and uh, different methods for doing that. So I just encourage everyone to go back and listen to that when they have time because it really is foundational. And I would look at this, you know, this season that we're starting now, our second season of the podcast, really going into uh, some of the details that we may have just brought up in uh, season number one. Uh, Season number one, again, was just uh, a broad, you know, brush. It was laying the foundation. And this season, definitely want to dig deeper into a few of the particular topics. You know, for example, uh, we'll do an episode coming up here in a few weeks on Social Security by itself. Mm. We'll do an episode just talking about Medicare by itself. Uh, we'll do a show, you know, an episode just with uh, estate planning. We'll have an estate planner come on as a guest. And these sorts of things that we addressed a little bit in the last season, but this season we want to take each one of these topics and, and go a little deeper. Fantastic. And and those that are listening, if you're just joining us, if you're going to go back to those those episodes, make sure that you have uh, something to take notes with because you're going to have some questions. And Stephen, 
I know that we've said it on previous podcasts, but Stephen would be happy to address those questions. I know we give contact information at the end of most of those episodes. Uh, so please email in any questions that you have because Stephen and his team will do a fantastic job of answering those. But you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for a, right. a deep dive podcast on Social Security to ask those questions. Um, he's right. going to he's gonna prompt you to, to ask those questions <laughs> of him and his team. So, All right. Definitely. So for today's topic, what are we talking about for this first episode of Season 2? First episode of season two. What better topic could we discuss than procrastination? Oh, well, you know, let's wait on this topic, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah exactly. Let's hit it. All right. It really is, uh, you know, the enemy of progress, uh, really. And as we start a new year, as we start a new season, we definitely want to start with, you know, procrastination. The reason why a lot of times people don't move forward, a lot of times the reasons why people tend to just stay with the status quo. They stay exactly where they've always been and they keep getting the same results. And so a lot of times we will, we'll hand out the book to someone, simplify retirement, and they will, they'll, you know, grab this book and they will read it and they will enjoy it. They'll, they'll give me a call or they'll let me know that they really enjoyed the book. Sometimes people will come to our course. We teach a two day, five hour live course. Um, and some people will come to that course and they will just think this is the greatest thing ever. Sometimes people will go to our online course and, and go through the entire process. But then when it gets to the end of the course, the end of the training, sometimes people do nothing. Hmm. Okay. You know, it, they, they go through everything and they just, it, nothing happens as a result. And one of the big motivations that I have for people is that they will take action. You know, success comes from activity, not from analysis. It's something that I've learned, you know, as a business owner, but also as an investor, you know, there's, there comes a point in time where you have to make decisions where you have to do something with what you've learned. Mm -hmm. and, and the real issue, if you know, forget simplify retirement for a minute, there is so much information out there on, you know, people can search and, and find and research all kinds of different investment options and opportunities. And people can just spend the rest of their life learning about all these different things, but never actually doing anything and never making any changes. And we believe and we have seen uh, the results of people that will actually decide, okay, I'm going to do something with what I've learned. So I want to encourage everyone, you know, as we start this new season to, you know, to learn, continue to learn about, you know, income planning, retirement planning, and those sorts of things, but don't just, you know, learn just for knowledge sake, but take that information and uh, put it to practical use. Yeah, I, I've been guilty of analysis paralysis Many times, right? I'm just overthinking <laughs> yes. something. Just, uh, right. And then I get overwhelmed. I'm like, well, I'll just do it later. <laughs> right. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. It's got yeah. me here this far. Exactly. So far, so good, right? Uh, maybe not. Exactly. And, and that's one of the big issues. A lot of times people come to, let's say, for example, to you know this podcast, my book, the course, the online course, and they, they did get there. In, in essence, they've accumulated enough assets to feel like they, they're ready to put together a retirement plan. And so, therefore, they look at it and say, everything I've done up to this point in my life has gotten me here. You know, why should I make any changes? And, you know, really we talked about that a lot of that in season one, there's lots of reasons to make changes because there's a massive paradigm shift from going from pre-retirement to in retirement. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a major shift in, you know, in risk. There's a major shift in maybe allocation. There's a major shift in uh, thought process to, you know, return, on investment to return, you know, of investment or reliability of income at that point in time. There's a shift in your priorities for your investment accounts. 
And so maybe the priority up until a certain point in time is growing, growing, growing. Now all of a sudden it's preserving, preserving, distri- distributing, distributing. Mm-hmm. And so there's some changes that have to take place in someone's investment strategy. And it's very difficult to do in general, let alone when someone's done investments the same way for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's very important to make that step. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, I mean, you've said it before, there's a fear there, right? Change, yes. nobody likes change. That's right. Yep. And that's one of the biggest ones. It is a fear of change. And, and that's, you know, a lot of times people will just stick with the status quo. They know what they know. Uh, they feel comfortable with what they know. And all of a sudden, if you start introducing unknowns, also at an age where, you know, they really can't afford to make any mistakes, it just compounds the you know, the different decisions that have to be made and kind of get some people nervous and uh, they just, you know, say, hey, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing, which a lot of times leads to, you know, failure in the end. So it is important to look at these things and to continue to learn and grow. You know, we believe, you know, that knowledge is important and uh, it's important in and of itself and it's helpful, but it has no real value unless it is put to practical use, which is wisdom. Mm-hmm. So we want people even come to this podcast. Yeah, we want them to learn about these different topics. And but if that's the if that's the only goal uh, for someone to come here, listen to us talk about these different topics and gather more information, become more knowledgeable about something, uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, but there's something more valuable than just gathering some more information about a topic. It is actually doing something with what you learned. And that's ultimately the philosophy that I have, the goal that I have for teaching in general is not just to help people get smarter, uh, but also to help people just get wiser, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is the actual action part of this thing, which it's easier. It's easier to get knowledge. It's easier to learn, but it's harder to apply. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, and I'll put myself out there, mm-hmm. I have all sorts of reasons for things, mm-hmm. right? Reasons not to do things, but really the, the true definition of mm-hmm. those reasons, that's an excuse. Those are excuses, right. not reasons. <laughs> Right. Uh, so what are some of the things that you're seeing or that people are saying or doing that stop them from mm-hmm. making the decisions and moving forward with making a plan or, or meeting with an advisor? That's right. It's a great question, Eric. And I like how you put that. You know, it's it's really not a reason. It's an excuse. And a lot of times we'll get to the end of a process. Again, maybe the course or the book. And uh, some people, you know, may not move forward. And they, they, the excuses tend to come maybe in like five different areas. And one of the excuses that we hear sometimes is, well, I already have an advisor. You know, that book was awesome. The online course is awesome. The podcast is awesome. I've learned so much. And this is great. But I already have a, a financial advisor that I'm working with. And obviously, if this was something that uh, he or she thought that I should be doing, they would know these things and they would be telling me these things. Okay. Well, uh-huh. you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. right. My answer to that is, it's a long answer, but I'll try to, you know, condense it. And that is, there are all kinds of different advisors out there. I mm-hmm. think we got, we went into this in the past. There are some that are insurance only advisors. Some are investment only advisors. Some advisors do both insurance and investments. And so it's really important uh, that you do talk to someone who is objective, who maybe can represent both insurance and investments. I think that's important. Also, you know, talk to someone that is a fiduciary that's going to do things that are in your best interest. But, you know, in life, people tend to, whatever field you're in, the longer you're in in it, the more experience you gain. And there's something valuable about experiential knowledge rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, book knowledge. 
And so talking to a, you know, you know, financial advisor, for example, like we do at our firm, we focus on retirement income planning, maybe talking to an advisor that has a specialty or a focus in this area of distribution planning, not just accumulation, but also distribution, I think is important. And I think there's a misconception out there that every advisor does the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that is really not true. Some advisors do a better job of, you know, helping clients accumulate assets. Some advisors do better at, you know, helping clients, you know, withdraw their assets in a, in a risk, you know, managed in a tax efficient way and so forth. And so I think it's a mistake just to say, I have an advisor, this is great, but you know, if, if this was something I should be doing, they would be telling me that. And I think what happens is over time, as you know, me and, you know, my team here has helped many, many people get to and through retirement. And you do so many of these things, you, you get the experience that you need to help people look at things differently at the preservation and distribution phase of their investment life uh, than they looked at the accumulation phase. So just saying I already have an advisor is really not a good reason not to, to move forward or not to seek advice from someone who has experience in this phase of your investment life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to assume that all advisors, all of us, you know, know the same thing, all of us do the same thing, that would be a mistake. Well, I mean, there, there comes a time when you, you might need to graduate to that next level advisor. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I started out, um, the advisor I had sold me some life insurance, which was yep. covered my family for what it needed. Um, right. And just told me, hey, this is how much you should be putting away, you know, into this IRA. So every month we, you know, it was automatically put into that and we had a 401k mm -hmm. through work and right. that was it. And Steven, I'll tell you, I mean, nice guy, really yes. nice guy, but you want to know when I heard from him? <laughs> Never. Right. I, right. I heard from him. I heard from him in year nine, literally in, in wow. the, about mid year nine. And the only yep. reason I heard from him is because that, that term policy that was going to be hitting 10 years mm -hmm. and, and changing or stopping. Um, that's the only reason they wanted to talk to me, right? Because right? They didn't talk to me about my future. They didn't talk to me about all the different plans. They, you know, right. I could have probably used some advice as far as what to do over those ten mm -hmm. years. I did have an increase in pay a few times, you know. Right? <laughs> yes. Nothing, you know. So yeah, it, it was time to graduate to a, an advisor that understood, right. you know, a, absolutely a bit more. Maybe some with uh, some experience, or yeah. you know, what I mean, again, you know, different focuses. I think that's important. There's there's a difference in, in the medical field between a general doctor, a general practitioner, and someone who's a, a specialist, yeah. heart specialist, brain specialist, whatever it is. And when you have a particular need, you tend to just you know not just go to the general practitioner, you go to the specialist. Yeah. And retirement is a specialty, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important at that point in time to to seek out a specialist in that area. Yep. So that's one excuse. Hey, I already have an advisor. I don't need to do anything. Another excuse sometimes we hear is, well, this has been awesome. This is great, but I need to research all of these things you talked about, you know, before I can take action. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, yes, exactly. I was going to say, you already admitted that. That's right. <laughs> Paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And you know what? You know, I, there's a lot of different things. You know, we, we've talked about different investment accounts. We've talked about different types of, you know, even annuities and my advice to people is go get the advice from the advisor that you're talking to what, you know, let them do all the research. They have all the tools available to them. They should. And then when they give you the recommendations, now it's your time to analyze those recommendations. But sometimes, for example, if I just say the word annuity and, and I'm recommending a specific annuity for a specific client for a specific reason, and there are hundreds and hundreds of different types of annuities out there for my client to go and say, okay, 
he recommended annuity. I'm just going to type in the word annuity oh, in, in the Google, you know what I mean, the search mm-hmm. bar and just see what, I mean, there are so many things that are irrelevant to what was presented and, and it presents all these, you know, questions and it presents all these objections that are not even relevant to the actual recommended product. And so a lot of times people look at this and, you know, what, what, regardless of whether we say, hey, life insurance or whether we say, hey, here's a diversified portfolio. We believe a 60-40 mix. And here's why we look at these. Some, if you start researching all these things, you know what I mean? You're going to come up with all kinds of different reasons why you should invest in the stock market, why you shouldn't invest in the stock market, you know, why you should have all your money in, you know, precious metals and why you shouldn't have all, you know, all these kinds of things. So first, I would say it's important to analyze absolutely and feel very comfortable with the recommendations. But the time to do that is after you have found an advisor that you believe that you can trust, mm-hmm. get their recommendations, then analyze what they showed you. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, you know what I mean, there's a lot of things out there that are, you know, again, I use the word relevant, not relevant to the recommendations. And I think that's important. It's a mistake I see a lot of people make. They start saying, okay, now I'm going to do my own research. And they find all these things. Again, they find other excuses why they don't can't do that. When if they had just talked to an advisor they trusted, they, they would find out that the thing they researched is not the same as what was recommended. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So important. It really is because in this day and age, everyone thinks, okay, I'm going to go find this stuff on my own. And even in the course, uh, even last season in the online course, we talked about so many different things and we're not saying that everybody needs all of these things we're talking about. So you don't even know what you need yet until you sit down and talk with a, you know, specialist in this area, let them look at your situation make the recommendations. And then it's time to you know, do, do the research on those recommendations. Um, but another excuse is, and again, these are the things that keep people from moving forward. So you sit there and you have a, you, you have a plan that's gotten you to this point in your life. Now you have all these other risks that have come into play. And now you're sitting here not doing anything because you're researching everything. And now you're stuck in what you have been doing. And, and most people start to feel like I should be doing something different. But feeling like you should do something different and then actually doing something different are two major uh, you know, different things. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people feel like they should, but then all of a sudden when the rubber you know hits the road, it's like, oh man, I, I, I've got to research all this or I have an advisor. You know what I mean? I can't make those decisions and they keep getting the same results they have been getting and actually having the same feelings they've been having. Mm-hmm. And so in order to get rid of those feelings, uh, change has to take place. And that's where, you know, another excuse is, you know, I've heard bad things about, you know, X, Y, Z product. Uh, so I can't move forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, life insurance. You mentioned life insurance earlier. And, you know, you mentioned that when you were younger, someone recommended to you a term life insurance policy, probably the appropriate, you know, recommendation. And it is appropriate, you know, for Mm -hmm. younger families while they're saving for retirement, you know what I mean? And and don't have as much, you know, extra cash to spend. It's an economical way to buy life insurance. But there may come a point in time in your life and in everyone's life where they may have a need for permanent life insurance. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we may recommend, you know, to someone, hey, you, we believe that you need a permanent life insurance policy, universal life insurance policy, guaranteed to pay out of debt and so forth. And someone will start researching, you know, permanent life insurance policy, you know what I mean, to find out all yep. these things that are, again, that, you know, I've heard bad things about that and, 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 and just not move forward. Instead of looking at, you know, maybe the illustration or the proposal in front of them and how it works contractually, just take all the noise that they've heard 
and say, okay, I can't move forward because I, somebody had a bad experience with this before. Yeah. I can't buy this, you know, you know, 50 you know, balance portfolio because, you know, somebody had a bad experience. I can't buy that annuity because somebody I know had a bad experience. I can't buy, you know, these kinds of things. Again, it just gets people stuck in it's a, it's this concept where people have a, you know, already pre-drawn conclusion about something, confirmation bias, we call it, you know, and so they get stuck because they already have an opinion about certain things and, and they can't get past their own opinions. Yeah. And the other thing is that it goes right back to research, right? Mm -hmm. I've heard bad things about this. Well, you go on the internet, everybody has an opinion about everything, right? That's right. And, and it's, yeah. the problem is, is if you work with a personal mechanic who knows you and your family, right. and you get recommendations about the next vehicle you need to purchase, then you go onto the internet and look at, hey, this is yes. what I, you know, this is what I'm looking at. You're going to get all sorts yeah. of opinions from people that don't know you or your family. And if you've right. got four kids, right. you know, that Italian sports car is fantastic, but not with four yeah. kids. You know, there's six of <laughs> That's you. That's right. You need a minivan, right? <laughs> or you exactly. need a, an SUV well, of something. Yep. So. Well, I like that. I like that analogy. It's like you know, go into a mechanic. You know, I don't know anything about cars, but if I went to a mechanic and I already had the solution to whatever I feel the problem is, and I tell him, look, here's what I think the problem is. He's going to look at it, and he's an expert. He's going to say, no, mm -hmm. here's the problem. Here's what you need to do. And, and since I'm not a mechanic, I'm going to trust him. Yeah. I've gone to my doctor before, and I literally have looked up stuff, you know, on, you know, WebMD. Just the same analogy. You look up stuff on the Internet. Oh, yeah. Here's my symptoms. Hey, doctor, I think I've got this, that, and the other. And he looks at you, and he does all the lab work and does, and finds out, nope, you have something totally different That's right. than what you thought you had. And uh, so it is important. And it goes on to the next, the next reason. Another excuse that we sometimes hear from people is, you know, I don't know who I can trust. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I should trust. And I would say, obviously, this is extremely important. I'm not saying to everybody listening to this podcast that you should trust anybody who has you know, the title financial advisor, you know, on their business card. You should find someone in an organization or firm that you can trust. Um, and I would look for a fiduciary. A fiduciary yes. is, you know, someone that you should be able to trust. They're held to a higher standard in industry. There are there are obligations to clients and not to the firm uh, for doing what's in the client's best interest. And, and there are certain firms, registered investment advisor firms, that are fiduciaries. There are certified financial planners that have to act as a fiduciary. And so, I, a trust is extremely important. But I also wouldn't just sit there and say, yeah, I like all these things I'm hearing, but I just don't know who I should trust. So therefore, I'm just going to you know, keep doing this on my own or I'm just going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to leave all my money in the 401k. No, keep going. Keep going until you find someone you can trust. And then what I like to say after that is, and then trust them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, sometimes people could do all the research. Say, okay, the, this, this looks like the firm. This looks like the people. These, I, I know some people that have worked with this team. And the, these people seem like I should trust them. They get in there, they go through all the meetings, they get all the recommendations, and then uh, they don't trust them. It's, so it, it's bizarre. So find someone you can trust and then trust them. Don't let that be the excuse. Uh, there's plenty of people, I'm sure, you know what I mean, advisors, even in your area, if you're listening to this, you know, not in, in, in our area, we're headquartered in uh, Kansas City. Uh, that you can trust. But if you can't find one in your area that you can trust, certainly uh, we've all become accustomed and done very well with online meetings, Zoom mm -hmm. meetings, and certainly you can talk to an advisor. It doesn't have to be in your area. Uh, our firm here, you know, has clients all around the country uh, that we meet with and work with, so they don't have to be in your area anymore. Find an advisor you can trust and then trust them. And then the fifth excuse I'll just give you real quickly, these are five of the common excuses that we hear sometimes. Um, these are the common excuses that people make 
that makes them get stuck on what they have been doing. They, they remain in the status quo. Uh, they don't move forward. They, they end up after a process of meeting with an advisor with more knowledge or taking a class with more knowledge, but not wisdom, nothing changed. I've given you four of them. I already have an advisor. I have to do research before I can take action. I've heard bad things about this product, so I can't move forward. I don't know who I should trust. And the fifth one is, well, you know, I'm glad I learned all these things, but now I can go do this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this on my own. Yep. Thank you, doctor. You know what I mean? I know you prescribed the surgery, but uh, I've got this. That's uh, right. That's right. I, I'm I can say... get that appendix out on my own. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and there are some things some investors can do on their own, but there are a lot of things you can't. For example, when it comes to life insurance or long-term care insurance or annuities, these, these products are so different and various, and you can't just go out there and buy these things on your own. You typically need to have someone looking at it, making sure they're getting you what is in your best interest, which goes back to, again, finding a fiduciary. But then some people say, you know what, you know, when it comes to investing, you know, there, there, some advisors do it by, you know, commission. Some people do it by a fee. In our case, we charge a fee for the assets we manage. Generally speaking, that fee is about 1% per year. So someone may come in, they may look at this and say, you know what, I, I think I've got this. I've got the knowledge. I've done the research. Um, I heard what you said about the growth bucket and how you need to take on the least amount of risk for the rate of return you're trying to get. And therefore, I'm going to choose my own investment strategy. I'm going to be my own investment manager and I'm going to get, I'm going to earn that extra 1% per year. Mm -hmm. Why should I pay you? <laughs> and, and in reality, what happens is it's true that somebody could go out online, you know, find a robot, you know, to help them choose their investment allocations. Uh, someone can go out there and do it on their own and buy these things for very low, you know, trading costs, sometimes free. But the real issue comes down to maintaining discipline in the average investor, it, it, it is not a, it's, it's not subjective. It's very objective. The, the facts are there. Uh, it's been quantified. It's been qualified. There's been research done over and over every year about the average investor, the investor who does investing on their own versus investors' experiences and investors' returns while working with an advisor who is disciplined. Who puts the you who puts them in a diversified portfolio? Who helps them maintain, you know, self control and discipline during when times are good and times are bad, and 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 the the reality is that it tends to cost investors a lot more than what they would pay in a fee to do it on their own. Mm. Okay, there's a difference between a fee and a cost. The fee is you know payment you make that you can see, but the cost that you know being comes out of your returns. And generally speaking, it costs more for someone to do it on their own than it does to pay an advisor to manage these investments for you, pay an advisor that has a vested interest in those portfolios or managing. And so sometimes it, it's a mistake, you know, uh, it's a fallacy as far as I'm concerned for someone to think that, you know what, I, I can, I can actually earn that 1% per year by not having an advisor. When in reality, you know what I mean? The returns generally, if you have the right kind of advisor should be better than what it costs you in the fee. Mm -hmm. But even beyond that, you know, if someone's charging a 1% fee, you're probably, you know, getting, and hopefully people's experience will be and should be different than yours was, Eric. If someone's gonna pay someone a 1% fee, you should get more than just professional money management. Hopefully you're getting ongoing, you know, advice mm -hmm. and, and, and having that relationship and ongoing education and those kinds of things. And so, I would just encourage everybody here who is who feels like they need to be doing something as they get closer to retirement, knows they should be doing something different. I want to encourage everyone as we start this new season, start this new year, start this podcast, uh, this next season of the podcast, that don't procrastinate. 
Don't just make excuses to keep doing what you've always done. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting the same results. Otherwise, you're going to keep feeling the same way. The time to take action is now. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to end with what I started with, and that is success comes from activity, not from analysis. Yeah, and and, and speaking of activity, I know that when people go back and listen to the first season, they're going to hear about the online course that you guys have. Um, yes. Can you just touch on that real quick as a reminder for folks? Absolutely. If you go to simplifyretirement.com, we do have an online course, Simplify Retirement University. It's it's over you know 12 videos, you know, over 10 hours of video instruction. Uh, you can take it at your own pace. It, you'll get a copy of the book, Simplify Retirement. You'll get a workbook as part of the course. You can literally take it step-by-step, step, watch the videos online, and, and fill out the workbook. And by the end of that course, you should be ready to take action. That was the purpose of that course, to give people knowledge, but also give them the tools that they would need give them the practical workbook that they could take to any advisor to help them take this next step like we're talking about today. Absolutely. And if they want to reach out to you specifically, how do they get a hold of you and your team? Uh, the best way to do that is through our website, which is wisewealth.com, W-I-S-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. There's a contact us page on the website, and that'd be a great way to reach us. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, Eric. It was great. And, of course, the last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast with Stephen Strickland. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Stephen comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at WiseWell, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simplify Your Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WiseWealth LLC or Simplify Your Retirement. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of a financial advisor or other qualified financial professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.